Hey, this is Tyler Sugar. Join me weekday mornings for Bump and Run, brought to you by Chris Foster Heating and Air, your Ream Heating and Air Condition Specialist right here in Spartanburg on Fox Sports 1400, 98.3 FM. Thursday morning, we check in with Coach Todd Stillman. Coach, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great, man. It's a little chilly. It's about 49 degrees here in Pensacola, <laughs> Florida Lord. this morning. 49. My goodness. This is going to be like 28 here tonight or something. What? It's ridiculous. Oh, well, well uh, Coach, I'm uh, I'm leaving tomorrow, uh, coming to Florida myself. I'm not going to be on the same side of the state as you, but, you know, hey, we'll be in the same state for a minute. Hey, being, it's, it's a great state. Not a bad place to be. Especially this time of year, a lot of spring breakers are down this way. I'm sure they're all over the state, and, you know, all over the place. So, weather's been uh, really good. It's about 80 degrees here yesterday, and then all of a sudden, a little cold front blew through here, and a little chilly. That's little chilly probably that's probably why the hotels on Daytona Beach are so expensive this week. Oh, that's where you're staying, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Impressive. Well, actually, right. we're not staying on the beach because the hotels were too expensive. So, you know football in the spring that's nice you can't beat complain about that i guess no you can't i mean it's a you know it's a thing and it's football so at least we got some football to talk about so it's fun uh yeah well coach today is opening day of major league baseball i do know that yes uh yeah i know i know you're a big uh baseball fan and um you're even thinking about going to a game here in the next few days so you know what what are your expectations for this season well, I mean, I'm just hoping, you know, they already had the Nationals, I think, had some, some tests and some contact tracing and stuff like that. So you're just hoping that, you know, you'll you'll have a mostly healthy group of players that are able to, to kind of carve out a, a full season of, of baseball, make it feel like, a, you know, it's baseball season. So it feels like it should be baseball season. And the fact that there are going to be fans allowed in a lot of stadiums makes it feel a little bit better it kind of gives me a lot of enthusiasm about trying to trying to go i mean that's where that's where i am you know the rangers are allowing 100 percent capacity and there's been some talk about that and all that thing but it's going to be spring break around here and you know there's just a little bit of of thought about maybe making a weekend trip that way and, and trying to catch a baseball game for the first time in a couple of years so see how that you know see how that thing transpires but but i'm excited about it i think it's gonna i think it's gonna be good for for everybody to have you know our national pastime back and, and and get this thing moving yeah absolutely um you're um you're a you're a houston guy they're they're cheaters um but oh. yeah we were talking about this in the last segment the yankees are are um are, they're going to be really good this year uh they're going to win 100 games they're going to win the al east i just ruined my pick segment that's coming up here in a little bit but to me when the braves and the Yankees are good. And I hate the Yankees, but when the Braves and the Yankees are good, it seems like baseball is better. Well, I mean, you know, the Braves just from from the way back, you know, they're kind of the America's team of of, of baseball. You know, the Yankees, it's, it's love them or hate them, you know, and that type of thing. So, uh, I, I mean, I don't I don't disagree with that because there's just such, been such a national following with Atlanta from the. You know the TBS days, all those all those years ago, and all that stuff. So, uh, and it's been nice to see them, you know, being more relevant over the last you know couple of years, and and you know hopefully they're going to be a really competitive team again this year. You know, it looks it looks to be that way, and so it's going to be, you know, 
I love it when the Braves are good. I know you love it when the Braves are good. Yeah. So people in that part of the world love it when the Braves are good. And uh, so, you know. And, then and they, a lot I of people are going to be watching to see if the Yankees will lose. Right. Right. No doubt. And, yeah. you know, there's always that hope that they underachieve. Yeah, you got all the big names, the Giancarlo Stanton and the Aaron Judges and all those things. But, you know, our injury is going to play a factor with those guys and those types of things. So, hey. All right. All right, Coach. Give me uh, give me your prediction. Who's going to end up in the World Series? Man, you're talking April one. We got to do a preseason projection so we we can bring it back up in uh, October and say, look what an idiot you were. <laughs> well, you know, based on the standings now, there are there are a lot of people who are in the running. So. <laughs> um, yeah, so you could you could just take your pick with that. So, man, let's go, Dodgers. Sorry, Dodgers. Dang, I kind of feel like this is the year the Yankees are going to finally kind of stay healthy and do it. So we'll just go Dodgers Yankees, the old time traditional sort of Billy Martin matchup. And I think that's a tremendous World Series. So I think that's, that's a tremendous what, World that's Series. That's kind of what I feel. You know what I'm saying? So I like. It. I hope it's the Braves, man. I hope it's the Braves and the Astros. That's what I hope it is. Yeah, I hope the Astros never win another game. <laughs> Come on, man! You got to move past things. I don't even know. I mean, I think it was a you know contrived situation. Everybody was doing things. So. They're a bunch of cheating cheaters, coach. All right, let's oh, uh, now let's talk some basketball. Your area of let's expertise. Uh, NCAA men's uh, Final Four is set, coach. Are are you surprised by any of the teams in the Final Four? And if so, why are you surprised by UCLA? Well, <laughs> I don't think anybody saw UCLA coming. You know, they had they had you know injuries in the middle of the season. They have one of their better players stepped away for personal reasons so they you know they struggled lost four in a row you know kind of coming down the stretch fortunate to get in i mean they lost in the quarterfinals of the of the pac-12 tournament uh mccroden's done you know an unbelievable job with those guys getting them to play defense and um it's, it's just pretty amazing that they've been able to do what they've done kind of working through the gauntlet of things so uh that being said, facing a, a buzzsaw known as Gonzaga is going to be a, a, too much for them to overcome. You know, I mean, clearly, clearly you're not all that surprised to see a Houston in the mix. I mean, they had a really good season. Kelvin Sampson's crew, they've, they've, you know, they've competed at a pretty high level over the course of the year. He's done a really good job with that program, you know, in his time there, uh, you know, coming off his issues when he was, the, the coach at Indiana, and uh, so so Houston Baylor. That's an old Southwest Conference rivalry matchup, you know, in the in the Final Four. So Houston hadn't been to the Final Four in what thirty five years, thirty six years, something like that. So so it's really exciting for. I mean, I was I was in high school, you know, in Houston when the Cougs were the the five slamma jamma, you know. So I mean, I grew up on that, and so to see that program back. You know, in the national spotlight, it's pretty cool, you know. But but Scott Drew and the Baylor Bears, 
they are, you know, they've really put it together. You know, we talked about it. They struggled a little bit during that during that COVID hiatus, and, and, and it looked a little sh- shaky for them for a minute. But, you know, uh, Davion Mitchell has done a great job for Baylor, and, and they're, they're just really, you know, they're, they're the team probably to beat in that game. So you're looking at the clash of the Titans of the 2000, you know, 2021 season in Gonzaga and Baylor. Uh, looks like they're on a collision course, you know, for the championship game. And I just, it's hard to see anybody beating Gonzaga at this point. Coach, last week we talked about the first two rounds of the tournament and how exciting, how fun they were. Then I thought the second two rounds have been awful. Well, say that again. You thought what? I thought this, these last two rounds, the Elite Eight and the Sweet 16, were terrible. Well, well, Gonzaga put it through USC. Right. So, I mean, that wasn't a very competitive game. I get, I get what you're saying there. I mean, obviously, I've had more of an interest in this than, than some of the previous, you know, early in the season when it just didn't feel right, you know, that type of thing. Uh, UCLA-Michigan was just a, a knockdown kind of grind. Yeah, that out, one was a good a game. game. I mean, it was a good competitive game. Uh, I mean, we thought Michigan-Florida State was going to be epic. And Michigan well, blew them out. Some people think that. I mean, you know, you, you get to these points where the Florida states of the world, you know, are they always are they you know are they going to be ready for the big stage? You know, are they ready to make that leap? You know, and and Michigan was playing really well at that point, and and you know, were the lights a little bright for the Seminoles? I don't know, you know, but but they've they've yet to ever be able to cross that threshold really put themselves in a national championship conversation. They put themselves in a national conversation, but but not in a Final Four one. You know, clearly Creighton was not a good matchup for Gonzaga. Uh, you know, you look at some of those uh, surprised. I thought Villanova had a chance to maybe put a scare into into uh, into Baylor, but but that didn't happen. And then Oral Roberts was sitting there with a chance. You know, I mean, that would have been the cool thing if Oral Roberts could have somehow pulled that thing off. That would have been pretty awesome to see, uh, you know, see them going to to an Elite Eight matchup. But, I mean, I get get what you're saying. I mean, but there were some pretty good games. You just didn't have the – you didn't have that one shining moment in those games like like you would kind of hope for. But but I think a lot of times in the NCAA tournament, it's that first and second round where – the Cinderella slippers are fitting and people are hitting game winning shots at the buzzer and there's the super dramatic moments that, that become signature of March Madness and all that. And then when you get back into the into the Sweet Sixteen Elite Eight, either the, the cream is rising to the top and they're taking care of business, you know, and the Cinderella, you know, you know, strikes midnight, that kind of thing, whatever you want to use that old phrase and that type of thing. And that's kinda what seemed to happen for the most part, you know. Uh, the games became a little bit more of a grind, maybe a little more predictable in some of them, and not quite as many surprises. You know, UCLA being the one double-digit seed, you know, making their move. Is the NCAA tournament hurting from the big teams not being in it late? I mean, I think there's a lot. I think the fact that Gonzaga is now really a big boy uh, helps a lot, and the fact that they're chasing history with an undefeated season, there, there's still a, a lot of interest in that. And, and you do have a blue blood in there with UCLA. So, um, 
you know, there's going to be a lot of interest in in the there, there's a I think there's a national interest because it's the NCAA tournament and we missed it last year, Tyler. The fact that there was no tournament last year uh, put everybody in a in a mode where they want to see this thing coming down, you know, and 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 finishing up. So I think there's excitement there, but you're looking really regional. I mean, you got a couple of West Coast teams in Gonzaga, UCLA. You got a couple of Southwestern teams, Texas teams, you know, with Baylor and Houston. So you could say there's specific regional interest, but I think there is, you know, a national play now. If it was Kentucky or if it was Duke or anything like that, would there be a a bigger, grander vision of this thing? Probably so. Probably so. But I think the fact that, that there was no tournament in 2020 makes this something that everybody was hungry for and they're excited about right now. Coach, uh, the uh, the volleyball coach at Dorman High School, Paula Kirkland, tweeted the other day, and I agree with her wholeheartedly um, because I've watched. I'll be honest, I've watched more in the Sweet Sixteen in the Elite Eight of the women's game than I have the men's game. She said the quality of basketball was better in the UConn Baylor game than it was uh, in the UConn Baylor women's game than it was in the Oregon and Houston men's game, and I agree with her. I think the quality of basketball in the women's tournament's been fantastic, and it's been really entertaining to watch. Well, it's just a different. It's a it's a different style of game. And, and so if you're looking for, and really in so many ways, the men's game, I mean, there are differences between the, the NCAA men's game and the NBA, but, but there are so many, it's threes, it's dunks, you know, I mean, that's just about it. You know, it's that kind of thing and, and that type of stuff. So when the women's game, you see the ball moving, you see the teamwork, you see the, you know, the strategy. I think some of the game rules really make the game strategy better and, and, and more entertaining and, and it makes the, the job of the coach uh, a lot more well it's, it's important in both games but it really makes the, the coaching important because you got a lot of decisions to make down the stretch with the clock stopping with the fouling with the moving the ball to the front court those types of things and uh, but when you get to this elite level of, of, of basketball you see those teams that work together and they really are able to not only share the ball, but they're able to make plays. The, the skill level has increased to a, to a huge degree, you know, and it's continuing to get better. And uh, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that I, I would disagree with that statement, you know. Um, so there's a lot to be said about that, you know, and, and, and then you see, you know, on the women's side, once again, you know, you end up with three number one seeds in the – you know, in the final four, um, that that's kind of the thing that that continues to to be a consistent theme is that generally the best of the best are are always winding up in that in that final four. You know, with a maybe one little outlier. You know, for Arizona, it's a great achievement by Adia Barnes and and that team to to get themselves in this position. So, pretty pretty cool to see them there. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll be honest. You know, once NC State was out, and you know, West Moore's friend of mine and National Coach of the Year, and then I was really hoping they would they'd make their way, you know, to to the Final Four. But Indiana made their made their big run until they they ran into Arizona. But a uh, kid I'd known since he was a little kid in Maine, uh, you know, starting four player, five player for them, Mackenzie Holmes, and she she was great in the tournament. So so it's been fun for me to follow for personal reasons, but also because uh, of the, the quality of the game. 
Coach, um, you got apparently from from what we just talked about, you're going to have Gonzaga and Baylor in the national championship game, right? Correct. Uh, what about the women's national championship game? Who you got? South Carolina, UConn. South Carolina, UConn. A little rematch of a game earlier this year. Uh, who wins it? UConn takes the championship. I do believe. Um, well, Paige Buchers, Paige Buchers finishes off one of the most incredible freshman seasons in women's college basketball history and, and, and gets a national championship. She is an incredible player. No doubt about it. She's been it. an incredible player for several years, you know. So it's something that, that you kind of saw coming. And, uh, and for her to be able to take what she did in the high school ranks to translate that into the, to the big time of college basketball has been pretty cool to watch. Who wins the men's? Oh Gonzaga! I mean, I just, I just, this is their time. We've talked about this consistently from the, from the beginning of the, of the of the year. You know, this is Mark Few's guys are focused. They know that this is their opportunity. You know, and I think Baylor. We talked about both of those teams. This is their opportunity, but but Gonzaga. This is a program who has, even though it's only their second Final Four, right? But they have been there and been there and been on the cusp and been on the cusp, and they are. They're incredibly talented. If you watch those guys, I mean, Jalen Price yeah. is great. I mean, Timmy's great. I mean, those guys, they are really – and they they play that kind of game that's enjoyable to watch. And and, and they are a team that's ready for for that crown. And, and, and really, they've earned the opportunity to win it. And I think they're, they're not going to be denied on, you know, on championship day. You know, my brain tells me Gonzaga. It does. But my gut tells me Baylor. I, I, I don't know why, but it just does. Well, I mean, it could be indigestion. It, but, could, I mean, I it could be some of that leftover stomach bug from yesterday. That See, could that's be. what I'm saying. I mean, it could be that. So, <laughs> I, th- I think I think I think the odds on, you know, is, is Gonzaga, and I just think I think they got too many weapons inside, outside. If they don't shoot it well, they can get around the basket. You know, if they can get to the basket. I mean, it's just they're they're just tough to handle. And Mark Few is is battle battle tested you know and so is scott drew but i just feel like it's their time and it's kind of cool man because when i was Presbyterian, we played out there you know so I've, I've been on their campus i've seen what you know that that part of the country is about and it, they are fired up for this and it's a it's a really it would mean a lot to that program you know because they're way more than john stockton's alma mater yeah Yep, you're right. Good job, Coach. We uh, appreciate it as always, and uh, look forward to talking to you again next week. Uh, we're not going to talk about NCAA, NCAA basketball because it'll be over. I know, right? That's all right. We got a lot of other sports to talk about, and we, you know, you you just um, you just give me a shout. You know, I'm always ready. You you have a good trip to Florida too, man. All right, Coach. Uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks. All right. As Coach Todd Stillman joining us on the Image Printing Hotline each and every Thursday uh, to talk. Hi, it's Colin Coward. Wake up weekday mornings with Tyler Sugar on Bump and Run from 7 to 9 on Fox Sports 1400, 98.3 FM. MLB predictions for the 2021 campaign. Um, I got the Yankees winning in the East. And, you know, I, I just think they're too loaded. Um, even, you know, if they get a little banged up, which John Carlos Stanton isn't going to play the whole year, you know, that's not going to happen. Uh, Aaron judge at some point is going to get hurt and miss a few games. They're not going to stay healthy, but they're good enough. They're going to win over a hundred games. Uh, they're good enough to, to win this division. I, uh, plus I don't think this division is very good. 
Uh, Tampa Bay uh, is okay. The Blue Jays are okay. Boston sucks. Um, Baltimore definitely sucks. Uh, but I, I think this is the Yankees division, and I, I think it's real easy uh, for um, the Yankees to uh, to run away with this thing. In the Central, like I said, I'm, I'm very high on the White Sox as well. Uh, they're a much improved team. Uh, the Twins win in the division the last two years, but you know all the stuff that the that the White Sox were able to do. A um, lot of upgrades for them, and you know they were pretty decent. But uh, last year, but I think they're much improved. I think they this is be a pretty easy division for them to win. I think the Twins finish second. They could get a wild card berth. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. Uh, but probably not. <laughs> but they could. Well, they good. All right. Um, in the um, National League West, um, I hate to pick them. And I'm not going to. Give me an upset in the National League, in the American League West. Give me the Angels uh, in the West. I like what the Angels have done. Uh, they, they got a lot of, uh, of great talent with Otani. Uh, you know, Justin Upton's out there. Can he be the, the kind of player uh, that we have seen him be in the past? Uh, you know, there were some years there with the Braves. He was really good. Um, and even before that, he was good. And can he be the same player? Of course, Pujols is still there. I think he's 70. Is he 70 this year? Or is he 69? I'm not sure. Maybe 71. I don't know. Uh, and he's old in baseball years. Let's say that. Um, so give me the Angels in the um in the west your wild card teams i will take the blue jays and the astros so all right so here's what we got in the american league you got yankees white Sox, yankees white Sox, angels win the divisions the wild card are the Blue Jays and the Astros. All right? Sound good? Sounds good to me. In the National League, let's start in the National League West. I don't think it's close. Well, it's closer than – it's not close. Uh, the Dodgers uh, win the um, the National League West. Uh, you know, they were, they're the world defending champions. They got better in the offseason. They got three of the best pitchers in baseball out there, uh, chunking the ball around a little bit. They're going to be, I don't want to say unstoppable, but pretty. they could win 110 games. You know, pretty easy. Uh, they're loaded. And if they can stay healthy, they could just run through this thing. They could just run through this thing. Um, they're really, really good. And the in the Central, I want to like the Brewers, but I can't for some reason and i'm gonna go with the cardinals i um i went to bush stadium last year great place nice place beautiful place really beautiful uh i like the cardinals uh, to get it done in the central division and in the east there's no question i like the mets no i'm gonna take the Braves. april fools <laughs> got you i'm gonna take the Braves. uh of course atlanta going out uh, making that bullpen a little better uh they didn't go out and get the um the big 
ace pitcher that they wanted, but Soroka, of course, comes back. Uh, Freed, Ian Anderson are three good young pitchers, and very. It resembles to me that starting rotation for the Braves in ninety one, ninety two, ninety three, uh, when these guys were really just coming along, and you're like, hey, these guys got a chance to be really good. I mean, that's what this Braves team resembles to me is those early 90s Braves teams, all the young talent. And, you know, Alex Anthopoulos is doing a good job of locking these guys down. Doing a terrific job of locking these guys down. He's got Albies and Acuna forever. Forever. And got them pretty cheap. So give me the Braves in the East. And, you know, I'm going to make a bold prediction here in just a minute. But first, let me get the wild card here. Wild cards here will be in the National League. I like the Mets to get a wild card spot. And I like... The Padres uh, to get a wild card spot. Mets and Padres. So that'll give us the Braves, Cardinals, Dodgers, Mets, Padres uh, in the um, in the playoffs. And your American League champion will be the Yankees. Your National League champion will be the Braves. All right. National League MVP, American League MVP. Give me in the American League. I think it'll be a a big thing with the Yankees win the World Series. But with the Angels winning the West, it could very easily be Mike Trout. Uh, But it could also be Shohei Atani. That's who I'm going to go with. I will take Otani to win the American League MVP. And the National League MVP is going to be Ronald Acuna Jr. And here's why. 2019, the last whole season had. He was uh, he had, he was in the 30-30 goal. He had 41 home runs, 37 stolen bases. This year, Ronald Acuna Jr. breaks the Braves' record for most home runs in a season, which is 51 by Andrew Jones. Y'all remember that year Andrew Jones hit 51 home runs? Ronald Acuna Jr. hits more than that this year in route to becoming the MVP of the National League. The Braves go back-to-back MVPs. Back-to-back MVPs um, for the um, for the for the Atlanta Braves. Uh, the Cy Young, I think, is a lot easier in uh, in the American League. Give me Garrett Cole. And in the National League, I will take uh, one of the easy picks again, Jacob DeGrom. He's just too good. He's just too good. He's just too good. So there you go. There's um, uh, 